0: You're listening to the Anomalous Podcast Network. Multiple voices, one phenomenon. One realizes very quickly we've been seeing this technology for decades.
1: I had access to to all those programs.
0: No obvious signs of propulsion, and yet this object is witnessed now by four separate individuals and two separate aircraft. Hey guys, how's it going? My apologies for the delay now unfortunately nicole is still not with us but i'm going live and i might have another guest jumping on so these things happen you know these things happen uh, when you're doing live streams you know if this was just a simple recording then i could just wait for nicole to turn up or we could record um i just hope that she's okay that's all that matters i spoke to nicole yesterday or the day before and we were like had a back and forth She, she you know she had the link and the times but life gets in the way of these things so whatever happens i just hope that nicole is okay so let's chat to you guys while i wait for my uh, other guest um let's have a look in the chat here i've got jason benji lara andre dave davy alex fusee electron blue eyes michael crawford you guys are awesome i really appreciate you guys hanging around um and and that night gazer good to see you um so yeah like i said these things happen it's okay i'm sure we can get nicole on another time she may still turn up my other guest um and a huge thank you to this gentleman because i know he's had a busy week but I'm going to bring him on right now. The man of the moment, the man who put together Crash Retriever Week, please welcome James Iondoli. James. Hey, <laughs> how you doing? I'm good, man. Well, this is a turn up for the books.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? It, it just happened to be perfect timing, uh, like literally just boom, right?
0: I appreciate it so much, man. You know, we've I've been wanting to speak to you again for some time, but, dude, you've been so busy, and I completely get that. So thank you so much for jumping on. And and if Nicole jumps on still, that's great. Uh, you know, we can still have that conversation that was planned. But, but James, man, what a week for you, man. You've had two huge panel discussions. So let's talk about that, and, and maybe you can sort of talk about some of the highlights from those conversations uh, starting with, I think it was Ross Coulter, Ryan Robbins, Christopher Sharp. So yeah, dude, incredible man.
1: Yeah, so I mean, again, the the talk with Ross and and Christopher Sharp and and uh, Ryan Robbins, aka UFO Jesus, uh, it, it was a great talk, but it was a little uh, a little somber, right? If we're going to use that that word, because you know Ross Ross was a little pessimistic. And I get yeah. it because he has inside sources tell, and I mean we all do have telling us different things, and and I think that's Ross's inclination as well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, but I, I I've noticed you know he tends to to be that way. But again, he I know he wants people to to use that as a determination to say like this is bullshit. Uh, I don't know if I can curse on here, but you yes, he can, my friend. Absolutely. His 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 good old phrase, fuck him. Right. Like he, he re- I love when he, you know, he brings that attitude and spirit to it because it, it really is nonsense. Um, some of the things that are going on, you know, especially with all the progress we've made, right. It's like, still we like, we're still doing this yeah. and, and I get it. Right. Because if there are different factions, right. Like there's a faction that's trying to get this out within DOD, within intelligence, um, and, and, and different sectors that are for transparency. And then there's a group of individuals in in those same organizations and and institutions that are not for transparency. You know, we're, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the kind of rollout. I mean, there's, there's different names for some of the groups. Like, of course we, we know about the, uh, Gary Reed thing and, you know, Mm -hmm. we've heard the, the terminology and name Collins elite, um, we know the Air Force, uh, U.S. Air Force, hasn't been that cooperative. Um, they've been trying to undermine the effort as, at, at, you know, as far as an organization goes, right? As far as we can tell, that's all we've heard. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to anybody from the Air Force, so, except for one person. But, you know, they're not tapped in on that level. Yeah. Same so, here. yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is what we're seeing roll out. And I, I really appreciate um George Knapp's perspective because you know he's he's an OG, he's a legend, he's been in this so so long. And he said, listen, you know, the closer we get we get to this, right? To the core, the core secrets or, you know, the 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 fundamental basis of this, the gatekeeping and the secrecy around UFOs, um, which crash retrievals, and you know, part of why I did crash retrieval week is because it's dude, it's the holy grail. There's, yeah. you know, you can say, oh, you know, we have an unidentified object in the sky or underwater and or in space, and it's transmedium, but if you have actual material, you know, th- that's, it's, that's beyond evidence, that's proof of, um, you know, humanity being engaged with a non-human intelligence, and that's, that's it. I mean, once you cross that, and again, when I was talking with uh, Richard Dolan uh, last night on one of the panels, he said, that's the red line, Once you cross that line, I mean that, like, I think on a consensus level, we've already kind of crossed the point of no return. But once you cross that line, that's that's it, man. I mean, that's when, um, like, again, uh, the general public has, like, the entertainment of the idea of it being serious has been introduced. The stigma has been reduced it's not fully gone but once once you cross that line that's when when things are really gonna hit people like holy shit this is real you know that's that's the moment of of contact right if we're gonna use the name for james fox's excellent movie um that's that's the point in which you know, there truly is no going back. And that's that's when everybody on this planet has to face the reality point blank.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And this is, you know, stuff I was going to talk to Nicole about tonight. And in in particular, I really wanted to bring up the work um, from 1985 at the Advanced Theoretical Physics Conference involving the Advanced Theoretical Physics Working Group. Um, because, you know, we've had the Wilson Davis um Talked about for some time now, but now that ATP Group has come in, I think that adds more to the conversation. So, what are your thoughts on the importance of what happened back in the '80s with John Alexander's group?
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, first shout out to Omega Point and the Hermetic oh, Penetrator, yeah, for putting together loose threads. um You know, and a number of us helped them as as much as we can on the side, while well, they really did the the big work. You know, they did the long haul, they did the heavy lifting. And some of us were just like pushing, supporting, you know, throwing in what we can, and you know what they did is is absolutely brilliant. And um, I mean, as as far as I'm concerned, as as a like a, a researcher, and I you know I've been around for a, a while now, actually, even though I've only been more public in the last few years. But to me, that is like you know true UFO research. That's what it's about. So what they did is like to me, it's like. It makes me proud, right? As a UFO researcher that, that they were able to make that accomplishment. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm amongst like some really skillful individuals, right? And, um, so the loose threads, uh, paper, right. I, which I I hope gets turned into a book. I mean, it it easily can be a book. It's yeah, it's, you know, 250 pages. I mean, there's a very large appendix, so Um, it's kind of overviewing the advanced theoretical physics working group that was put together by John Alexander and, um, I'm forgetting his first name, but Blackburn, the guy from Lockheed and, um, you know, if, you know, part of the point they're making, you know, other than, you know, obviously the kind of journey that these individuals that we are all familiar with now from OSAP, ATIP, the invisible college, um, which again, back in that time, they had this secret group with people with security clearances called the advanced theoretical, uh, physics working group, you know, and they use that name to hide the UFO idea, right? They didn't want sure. to be looked at as a UFO group or be able to be foia and, and, oh, we found the secret UFO group. So they were very clever about it, you know, and the interesting thing is it's all, it's all the same people, right? You know, I mean, there, there's some other people that were, you know, again, like Blackburn was there, um, uh, Roger Wood and and other people like that, that aren't in the conversation as much today. Um, and I, I think some people have passed away as well. Um, oh, yeah. Robert Wood, you know, he's big on the MJ-12 documents yeah. So and, and had a background in aerospace. So all those people did, um, you know, they were trying to figure this out back then. Right. And but these were people that were kind of like heavyweights. They had, you know, high level security clearances. They had connections in the intelligence world, in the aerospace, you know, corporate, military, industrial complex world. Um, so, you know, back then, you know, we have the stuff that we have now because these people were doing all this crazy work back then. Um, you know, not just with UFOs, but also remote viewing, you know, Jack Calc. Yeah um had done incredible work with you know again you know so remote viewing but also like the spoon bending which you know john alexander and and then we throwing sp- spoon bending parties back then um which which is a is a fascinating phenomena um to begin with yeah. but the so the loose threads is kind of like showing their entire journey from you know, almost pre 1985 up to modern day. And they kind of argue that, you know, we probably wouldn't have um, a tip and OSAP if those efforts weren't um, put forward. And, you know, they, again, they were able to dig up a lot of things and there's a, I mean, you got to read the paper loose threads because there's, yeah. there's, there's just so many things in there to go over. Um, you know, they talk about Bobby Ray Inman and, you know, how, he was he, he was very very involved in this and if you look up you look the man up it's like holy shit uh this <laughs> this is like you know this guy's on the committee right mj-12 kind of figure like wow you know the director of the nsa and all all these other um roles that he played and you know i'm really glad they included uh bob exler yeah because he you know he was a nasa engineer and he was i mean again he was just a badass man he was doing incredible work and he got in touch with bobby ray inman and he you know he asked him at a conference hey i want to talk to you about mj12 and you know bobby ray inman kind of like gives him a nod and a smile and then they end up getting in touch afterwards so and, and and there's a recorded phone call so you know uh bob exler has has um Bobby Ray Inman on a recorded phone call. And it's obvious that that Bobby Ray Inman had no idea that this call was being recorded. And, you know, he's talking about crash retrievals and reverse engineering programs and how, you know, Bob as a NASA engineer would be able to offer his expertise. And if that, you know, it would ever be made puff, you know, public, um, that other scientists can work on it. And, and, you know, Bobby Ray Inman saying, no, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I'd say definitely not. He said maybe nowadays things are different and they'd be op- more open. So, I mean, just, and again, these are all kind of loose threads yep. that that Omega Point and the Hermetic Penetrator are putting together to kind of put together a tapestry. And uh, again, fantastic work. And it's, again, it goes up to even up to modern day with yep. everything. So, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For anybody that's interested in the paper, it is in the description below along with James's channel, uh, where you can go and see the two incredible panels that happened this week for crash retrieval week, but also just historically James's work and his interviews are well well worth checking out. Um and you mentioned there about all these connections that were made between different people and it was really impressive to see what happened the moment that Jay from Project Unity interviewed Oak Shannon there was that snowball effect where grant piped up and he's like, well, I've got Oak's notes. And then Melinda Leslie popped up with Jack Hawk's notes. And you see, this is what can happen when people work together in this subject. We see a snowball effect of data and information that we've been crying out for, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: And it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible because these notes are from, you know, the 1980s and the 1990s and in, in the notes, it's, 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 referring to things that are in the wilson davis memo right the notes the meeting when uh, dr eric davis met with uh vice admiral tom wilson then retired in 2002 uh to talk about crash retrieval and reverse engineering programs and you know again tom you know vice admiral tom wilson with all, all due respect to the man um you know he he was like I don't know who Eric is you know it says in the notes that if if the notes ever came out or you know if if this conversation ever got out he would deny knowing Eric and that's exactly what he did um but you know he said oh oak I might I might know him and he said something like that to journalist Billy Cox when when Billy Cox inquired and you know again we have Oak who was you know instrumental in, in kind of setting up this meeting yeah, and oak is like yeah I, I was on the phone with wilson for two hours talking about you know not just eric davis but how put off and probably kick green and you know if they're trustworthy and the the stuff that that oak was talking about with tom wilson is reflect it's all reflected in the notes so i mean you couldn't have made that up they had that conversation in 1999 the notes are from 2002 because Wilson was a, retired then, um, at least from his DIA director of DIA position, and was able to have this kind of meeting. And all you know again, it's talking about the the A. It says in in I believe the Wilson notes it says AP10. Yes, because because he was on the phone with with Oak, so he that's probably his abbreviated version of ATP10, which were in Oak's notes. You know. So, I mean, that's just, it, it can't get any clearer than that, right? That these, <laughs> all these individuals were talking with each other in that time frame and communicating and coordinating, which led to this meeting happening with Dr. Eric Davis and Tom Wilson. And, you know, again, there's still the question of was, you know, was what Wilson was told by the security officer, the project manager, and the corporate lawyer accurate? um so if and and the thing about that is if you had these three individuals right that were trying to block wilson out but they they wanted to appease him a little maybe so he would back off maybe they did feel sorry for him and respect him a little because he was the deputy director of the dia at that point and j2 um so if anything You know, Wilson was and it says in the notes, Wilson was expecting to find out that this is some kind of like Soviet technology that they found and they're trying to exploit. And, you know, to his surprise, they said, no, that's not what this is. These this stuff was not made by human hands and we can't make we can't make sense of it. Um, It's it's just so advanced that we can't. We can't make progress on it, but every few years we revisit it. And with the advancements in science and material science and technology, we see if we can make sense of it every few years. And, uh, you know, ended in 89 and all this. Yep. So the significance of that, if you go back and listen to the old Eric Davis interviews from just one or two years before the notes came out, he's saying the same things, you know? So I was like, come on, really? Um, So there's just just, there's so much cooperation there um that it, it's silly to to think that the meeting between eric davis and, and tom wilson didn't happen at this point yeah you, absolutely yeah i mean and then there's there's also another argument of well you know this is just disinformation and i you know i don't know but if it is disinformation i don't know why well i mean i guess i could still see why i was going to say why you know Eric Davis, allegedly, I don't want to say allegedly because the New York Times reported on it and and Christopher Mellon uh, corroborated that Eric Davis was at a a classified briefing where he was telling people with clearances who have need to know, I guess, that, you know, where some of these programs are and how they operate, you know, and the New York Times printed that, you know, uh, Eric Davis's quote about off world vehicles and that's kind of the last thing we ever heard from Eric Davis publicly because, you know, that's, he, he took it, uh, you know, he, he took it a, a step a, a little far, you know, he, he bends the rules, I guess where he can. And that was probably the last big one.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And these, some of these interviews you mentioned with Eric Davis are incredible to go back on now in this time, they're really poignant. So he did one with Martin Willis. I think uh, there's a couple of others flowing about there, but I, I recommend anybody just take an evening and just, go and listen to the old Eric Davis interviews and they're not that old. They're only a few years old, but the thing, I mean,
1: yeah, we're talking 2018, 2019, the notes came out in 2019. Um, you know, some of us had them early on and, you know, again, I was talking with Eric at that time and I was not going to just dump them out there because I had respect for him. But I said, Hey Eric, just so you know, these are out there. Uh, do you want to give a comment? He said, no comment. which I didn't, I didn't publish that for a while, but, um, you know, heads up this, if, if I have this, it's eventually gonna, it's going to get out there. And I, you probably know from Joe Merger and and Danny Sullivan, everybody, like we had those notes for quite a while before, you know, we were, every day we were like going on Twitter, waiting for somebody to have post them. And then they, they finally made it out (laughs) like after like, I don't know how many months it was months though. Um, But at the same time, you know, we were able to, Do a lot of research and digging in that time period so that when they actually did get out there and went viral, we already had a body of research ready, you know, and, you know, huge, huge shout out to Juliano Morinkovic, UFO Google. I mean, the man has is a legend in my eyes, has done incredible work and it's, you know, totally people have no idea how involved and, and such great work that he does um because he's very low-key and he doesn't want to take credit and all that stuff but he's he's really done tremendous work and uh, you know they don't call him ufo google for nothing absolutely man.
0: and this is the funny thing about ufo twitter that i always take a step back and realize is that everybody thinks it's just a place where drama occurs and it's just a a, a place for negative conversations but there are some silent characters and some public ones such as yourself, James, who do incredible work, but some of these silent people, if people knew the, the, the things they've been doing for the past few years uh, quietly, they would be mind blown and they would rethink
1: how they view the subjects. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a number of people who I talk to that, you know, they're, they're not even, again, I mean, like, look at the hermetic penetrator, right? He has, he's using that name for his own protection. I guess you, if we can say that and the guy is doing such incredible work and he's so forward thinking. Um, And, you know, maybe m- nobody will ever know, you know, I've encouraged him to come out a little and he, he was going to come on my channel before the loose for the threads thing. But after loose threads came out, cause you know, i I don't he's he's protective of his identity and stuff and i get it um omega point uh i suspect will will be coming out a little more so people are gonna know him personally at least you know um but i i hope they do follow-up work yeah for sure that'd Um, be great yeah but again yeah people like Giuliano and and uh, omega and and hermetic penetrator and i i mean there's countless others there's and and um, there's definitely people that i don't even i'm not even aware of are doing the work that they're doing because i only have my network so to speak so yeah absolutely
0: uh, this is an interesting point i'd like you to tackle as well james um Weren't these notes available about 15 years ago, though? I seem to remember reading them quite a while ago, and they just weren't verified, but plausible. No. Now, nope. I think the earliest thing we saw or we heard about was two pages that Dolan Richard Dolan got in in the early days, but we didn't even have access to them, did we?
1: No, we Richard, didn't. Richard no. didn't so, put them out. No, and that was the funny. Richard didn't have them. So this is the crazy thing. And I, I recently got a number of people on the record recently to kind of paint this picture you know richard was shown notes in 2006 he was at a conference and somebody from nids aka somebody from this group showed him two pages or three pages of the notes yeah they did not allow him to take a picture or whatever he was just allowed to read them and on a few occasions he talked about it and i remember this back in like 2007 2008 2009 him talking about the Wilson Davis meeting and that he had corroborated it through a number of sources. And I, at that time I had no idea that he had seen it because I didn't know at that at that time the notes existed because nobody did. The only people who knew at that time were Richard because Richard saw the notes, Um, the NIDS group, uh, everybody in that group. um, I assume that all the players we would assume have seen. And again, I had Valet on the other week and I said, you know, Jacques, when's the first time you saw the notes? And it was, it's clear, again, he saw the notes back when the NIDS team got them, right? I mean, again, Eric left NIDS early 2002. But by all means, they were all still connected, um, you know, and we know that. And then Leslie Kane was shown the notes in 2007 or 2008, which we, she talked about on my channel for the first time. But she saw the full notes. And, yeah, she saw the the full wow. and- so she was at a conference in uh, two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, and she was taken to a car. She was not allowed to take pictures or notes or whatever, but she was a- allowed to see the full notes. and and again, you know she and the, th- the thing was too, is like I don't know if too many people know that, but one of one of Leslie Kane's major sources, and I don't think this is the person who showed her the notes to be clear. But one of her major sources back then, or in the early days, was Commander Will Miller. You know, she cites oh, okay. she cites him in the Boston Globe and even in her books, uh, UFOs. You know, generals and pilots uh, yeah. and officials go on the record. There's a few quotes in there from Miller, and Miller again, he he was he's one of the people he set up the meeting basically between um, Wilson and and Greer and Ed Mitchell. Because Miller was a Navy guy and, and so was Wilson. They knew each other. And I, I had found a document, um, you know, during uh, in, in Stephen Greer's work, actually, that had Miller and, and Wilson communicating into in, in 1995. And the issue was brought up. So in 1995, Miller and Wilson are talking about UFOs and, and, and their interest in it and, and po- possibly putting together a meeting. And then, you know, lo and behold, in 1997, the meeting happens with with Dr. Greer, um, Will Miller, uh, Commander Will Miller, uh, you know, who I've spoken to uh, and Joe Merge is friends with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. And then and then two people from the Disclosure Project were also there. Sherry Adamak, who was Stephen Greer's right hand and um, right hand woman <laughs> who was very instrumental in the cSETI seti work. Um who passed away in 97, uh, 98, maybe 97, 98. Um, And uh, Stephen Lovkin, who was another Disclosure Project witness, his his testimonies on the Disclosure Project witness testimony, um, YouTube stuff. So they were all there for, you know, this meeting with Tom Wilson, Vice Admiral Tom Wilson, J2 at the time. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's still controversy about this document. Um, that that Stephen Greer had that he allegedly was given the document by an NSA source. That's what he claims. I don't know, mm. but the document was an NRO document, and it lists code names and 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 you know different programs. And allegedly, Greer sent this out to Wilson's people. Uh, you know, a, a, a bit. A little bit in advance of the meeting and in that time wilson and his assistant were able they identified a program somewhere in that document um and again this controversy if the document's real or not but i don't i think that it's probably genuine or because the story goes that you know even ed mitchell says that Wilson was able to identify a program on there and Wilson tracked down the program and, and they told him he, he didn't have a need to know, yeah, you know, and, you know, within two months, he had arranged a meeting to fly out and, and talk with the, the security officer, the program manager, and a corporate uh, lawyer or attorney about the program and that's when they get into the weeds about no th- this was uh, as non-human technology they can't make the progress on it uh he doesn't have the need to know he's not on the bigot list he doesn't meet the requirements and you know again wilson was furious he he went back to the um special access oversight committee i believe and and said what the hell and they told him to back off unless he doesn't want to retire early or lose a star or two yep and um you know Wilson was the deputy director of the DIA at that time. And likely because he, even though he was still pissed and chasing the story several years later, you know, he, he, you know, he listened basically. And he ended up getting promoted to the director of the DIA. Um, you know, which good for him. Um, I can understand why he would never want to talk about this. Uh, you know for several reasons other than the the national security implications i mean it's embarrassing right this he's one of the head honchos and they're telling him like you you have you don't have the need to know and uh you know sorry basically
0: yeah no absolutely man i mean where does that link in with i mean what we're hearing now is that congress has been made aware of legacy programs and one thing that isn't I mean, it's mentioned quite frequently, but I can't quite seem to find the connection. And it seems to be a real gray area is the aerospace, you know, the private aerospace industry connection to all of this. And and just while before you pipe in, I'm just going to unlock this window next to me. So you go ahead. I I can hear
1: you. And no, just for. uh, Well, so, yeah, the aerospace legacy connection. I mean, it seems you know, even the Wilson, when Wilson was inquiring about this and he found the alleged program, it led him to a private aerospace contractor. So you're talking about, um, you know, there's the big names in the, in the aerospace world that are suspects. A lot of people suspect that it was uh, Lockheed. I I have no idea, but you know, uh, Dr. Eric Davis has said the same thing and, uh, you know, Stephen Greer has has said the same thing, and I believe Ed Mitchell has said the same thing. So all these people are talking about, uh, you know, private contractors getting access to the material for a number of reasons. You know, even if you go back to the Philip Corso, um, you know, testimony, um, and not even the book that Philip Corso wrote. There was also, he had something before that, which um, is available through Open Mind's website. Uh, but it's also a, a PDF on the internet, and uh, you know Philip Corso. Before he had the book, he had written his the basic notes, um, called "Dawn of a New Era," and right. it's I, it's I, I, more it's a more pure form of of what Philip Corso Philip Corso was trying to communicate. Um, and and just for people listening, Philip Corso is a disclosure project witness who came forward and said that you know he was you know, authorizes one of his jobs to take UFO recover technology and, and get it out to national laboratories and private contractors. So that story goes back several decades. And, you know, even Dr. Eric Davis in one of these earlier interviews is saying that he, he tried, he checked out the, the Philip Corso story and it was basically true. You know, um, you know, and he was able to confirm that through official channels. So, you know, there's the connection with uh, with private aerospace. And there, there's a few reasons that people speculate why, you know, private aerospace gets access. First, they're the leading minds in the field. Right. You want the best mm. minds possible in the field. And, you know, corporate pays better you know, proprietary companies pay better. So they get, they get the best. And, and, you know, a lot of people have said, even, I believe Dr. Kit Green has said this publicly to Rich Dolan in an interview is that actually when you leave, when you leave the Pentagon and go to the corporate world, um, you know, say you're in DOD and now you're working for a private contractor, your clearances go up, you get more access. Um, And I don't know the mechanism or reason for that, but if Kit Green is saying that, I, you know, I tend to take his word on it because he's been in the business for, you know, so long. Um, But, you know, so you have the best minds and also, you know, you can't FOIA the recipe for Coca-Cola, right? It's proprietary information. It's protected by the law. So it seems they found uh, like a loophole, right? Yeah. To... You know not only get the best minds to look at this technology and try to make sense of it but also it's it's protected by the law basically and even in secret machines you know the the fictional version uh you know they're talking about the the maynard consortium corporation is this like private group of people who are like big banksters and and people with a lot of money and power but they're they use uh you know they are able to get the contract and and i forget the exact title but and again this is something that was in the the secret machines book which came out in like 2016 or something 2015 2016. and the in the book it's talking about this special um, title and code that you're, you're able to use in the classified world. And if you look up the code, it's ta- it's talking about the waved SAPs, right? So they had, you know, they, re- they released it in this fiction book, but actually, you know, even years later, you know, Christopher Mellon and Lou Elizondo were out there talking about the waved SAPs. Yep. And that's where it seemed that these uh, programs exist.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, I mean, we keep hearing about this whistleblower language coming out for the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023, but then we hear people like Ross Coulthard who are like, it's bullshit, it's not good enough, it's not protecting these uh, whistleblowers enough, and what I've sort of gathered from that is that some of these whistleblowers do have connections through uh, outsourced programs into the I'd say the black world, but I think it's the gray world, the gray, that in between where they're just buried programs within programs within programs. And there's yeah. no guarantee that if these people come forward that they'll get their pensions, they'll they'll keep their jobs, they'll be safe. You know, is that kind of what you're getting at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm again, I'm I'm hearing different things.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, Dean Johnson had had responded to somebody's tweet about that. Because uh, Leslie Kane also said, well, you know, she's not sure, you know, again, just like Ross Coulthard, if the language is adequate to protect these people. And I, I agree with Ross that it should be, you know, the, the responsibility and the stress shouldn't be placed on the whistleblowers. It's, it shouldn't work like that. It You know, the, ramific- the ramifications for that should be placed on the institutions for basically doing something illegal. Um, so, so they're not taking as much of a chance. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know on, on a technical level, how much protection they have. Yeah. Um, and if it's, you know, when push comes to shove, what, you know, what they're actually up against. Um, but I, I, do know that some of these legacy people, you know, have been helping, this whole time and they've been cooperating um you know more than that they've been going out of their way to push this forward and we've probably heard one or two of these names before in in a leak or something and they're still helping right and they're still meeting with people and they're still pushing this forward and from what i have gathered i have not seen uh, that they're not going to come forward in 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 the way that they are able to you know that doesn't mean that they're going to be on cnn talking about crash retrievals no they have to go through proper channels they have to go through congress and at that point i don't know what's going to happen but the people that i've spoken to are optimistic that you know crash retrievals are going to be put on the agenda um and you know shortly thereafter is somehow going to be acknowledged publicly and i don't you know and again we're we're still we're we're still seeing resistance and you know infighting basically and that's why we have all these distortions and nobody knows what's going on in the public uh because it's not everybody's in agreement about this mm-hmm. um so i we're in uncharted territory literally and I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen, but I know that people that are trying are trying their, their darndest and, and they're going to see it through, right? They're going to do everything within their power and maybe a little more to, to see it through because they, I mean, they're on a mission now and some of these people, uh, like Lou and, and others or they're very mission oriented. They take it very seriously. You don't, you don't just drop the mission. You see it through to the end and that's it. How, wherever the chips fall, that's where they fall. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic and I'm confident that, you know, if, if there were some of these people, um, you know, it's, it's possible that they've already spoken to the people they need to speak to. Yeah. And, and they didn't even wait for the language to be drafted. Uh, so, you know, for whatever that's worth, people know what's going on. And it's it's a matter of what are people going to do with that information? And, you know, Lou said some years ago now in an interview with George Knapp, like, you got to give these people time. You're trying to give them a six-course meal in, in one course that's not going to work. They have to process this, right? Like, if, if you're on the Senate intelligence committee or armed service committee or Congress, even if you're on the gang of eight and this is the first time you're hearing about this and uh, you have some kind of military slash retired corporate insider telling you that we are in possession of non-human technology and we've been visited and everything you heard about UFOs and all that is true. <laughs> and you're responsible for it now. Cause now I've told you you're liable to act on that information like holy shit right <laughs> so you know what are, what are people going to do with that information even if they're told through official channels um and and maybe not everybody that's that's being briefed is in agreement or even knows what to make sense of that so it, i i foresee things taking time um but i'm i'm still one of those uh people who has faith in humanity sure um, So I, I think that, that people are, are going to try to do their best given that information. And again, I'm optimistic. And if I really want to get super speculative, um, you know, (laughs) I think that the phenomenon is, is guiding this process at least, um, or I, I can say guiding, I can say manipulating, I can say influencing. I don't think that all the increased encounters are are a coincidence i don't think they're purely because of um the upgraded technology and sensors i th- I think that there literally is more activity and it's the phenomenon's way of pushing the issue yeah
0: absolutely and i i'm a positive person too and that might turn around and bite me in the ass further down the line but it keeps me going, and, and and that's
1: that's all I can say it's about. Good for that. your health. It's good. Exactly, for exactly. exactly. Like especially, on a very, it, on a very literal level, it's actually good for your biology and, and mind state.
0: And especially working in this subject, you know, because you start feeling the the weights getting on your shoulders, and before long, you just. It becomes so heavy and too much. So yeah, well, that's I what remain. I do. You can
1: tell us what I do for fun. <laughs> you're the Hulk. You're like the. I just I just came <laughs> from the gym, so I was just putting weights on my shoulders for fun
0: beast mode beast mode activated today with James and we love it uh blue eyes as race is, is raises a point here how can people talk about agencies and other people withholding information when they're doing the same thing i suppose the one thing i would have to say to that is it's source protection we hear this through journalism we hear it through you people uh, researchers is that people get told things and they get told not to release it and you have to kind of respect source sources wishes because if you start spouting out what you've been told to withhold, then you're never going to get told stuff again. And I mean that to a point where you're not getting told the secrets of the universe here or the secrets of the UFO subjects, because I believe it's just little directions to go in from what I garner. Same with Ross, who talks about this a lot. Uh, and so it's kind of, that's how I look at it when, when it's like withholding information is the government and the military may be withholding the big, picture but within that you'll get people withholding little tidbits that they have to respect what do you think james
1: yeah so i mean there's several levels to that right like yeah i mean yeah some of these people and sources they they'd love to tell you everything they know they're they have a great uh, stress and responsibility and again like the weight on your shoulders of holding this this secret right um and being in the shadows and and you know they want to help Um, and it's 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 not just it's not like they're trying to hoard the information like, okay, if you have a NDA or or security clearance, you're literally your your life depends on it. Uh, you know, your career, your livelihood and your family and your house and your mortgage and everything like that. Um, and again, like Lou has said, it's not, it's not about, you know, it's not like oh it's about money, I'm gonna keep my job. It's like you have an honor, a code of honor that you're respecting to protect the people of this country. Um, and they take that very seriously. That's an oath that they took. So that there's that level to it. Um, but then again, there's the trickle-down effect where, you know, maybe some of these sources they want to help inform the public's research, right? So maybe a researcher gets a hold of them and they can't really tell you the details of something, but they can steer you in the direction that's gonna help yep. the research. And if me or you or, you know, other researchers are told something, it's not like, oh, you know, we're, you know, we're positioning ourselves above the community because we have information. It's like we all, you know, don't want to compromise the work that's being done. Right. Exactly. Like if we go blurt something out um, that could potentially sabotage an initiative and and, you know, and again, or a gambit that they're playing. Right. Like. Um, for example, people, and again, I don't know how true this is, but, you know, someone speculated that, you know, the New York Times piece um, that was done by Julian Barnes really pissed some people off. And, you know, part of the reason that we haven't seen the report yet is because Congress was really pissed and they yep. wanted more information from the ODNI before the report was officially submitted. Um, so that's, you know. And that was like a preemptive strike, right? It's an anonymous source and it is in complete uh, controversy and conflict with another article that was put out by the Daily Mail saying way different things from other sources. So, yep. you know, that's an example of how information getting out in different ways and the spin that's put on the information can, can affect what's going on and everything that we're seeing here on the outside. Um, so, you know, again, and as a researcher, you want to protect your sources. It's, you know, it's not only like, oh, I can, if I protect my source, I'm going to get more information. Um, you know, it's, if, you know, you're, you have a responsibility and and a respect for that individual that you're, you're not going to blow their cover either because, you know, in, in the intelligence world, they, they use that as a way to track who's talking you know what i mean you're given certain information and they follow where the information goes and this person has this piece so they know where it came from <laughs> right? so uh there's there's all different levels to it yeah absolutely
0: now james man you've you've been awesome jumping on here tonight um and we've gone nearly well we're getting close to the hour but we cannot leave because one thing we need to talk about because in a week's time you're hosting the second Inquiry into anomalous experiences and the phenomena conference in New York City. So, please, please tell us about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about it. It's a. You know, it's it's really incredible that uh, you know we were able to put the first one together at all, and and the second one as well now. So that is going to be uh, Saturday, December third, in New York City. But it's also going to be available on live stream because when we've done these, the the live stream, the the in person tickets have sold out within like a week each time it's like really incredible um but you can join in through the live stream and uh you know this event is going to have christopher mellon uh which is incredible uh leslie kane ralph blumenthal whitley Strieber, um sharon uh, Rolette hewitt who is on the the bix board the bigelow institute for consciousness studies and jeffrey kripal and you know jeffrey kripal is incredible. And it's, it's amazing that he's, he's gone under the radar for so long. And I I, I jokingly say that he's gone under the radar for so long because he goes over most people's heads Um, because he's, he's, he's done a lot of things that again, people don't know about and people probably won't know about. Uh, But he's been a big supporter of this and getting academics on board Um, And, you know, I think he's mentioned a few times in American Cosmic, so people might get an idea from there. Um, But he, you know, it's incredible that he's participating in this event. event. He's, you know, he's the chair of like religious studies at Rice University, where the archives of the impossible took place. And you know, again, I encourage everybody to go look up the archives of the Impossible. You know, Diana Pasalco participated, Jacques Vallee, Greg Bishop. Uh, you know, Jay Christopher King was able to speak on a panel at that as well, which is uh, which is really awesome. But um, so people can join the event uh, via live stream, and if you join the event via live stream the next day you get access to the full, you know, you get an email with access to the full event so you can rewatch it as many times as you want. Um, you know, but also, you know, we're, we're uploading the the lectures and the talks and the Q and A's to the YouTube channel. So everybody can freely access it afterwards. You know, uh, it takes a ton to put these kind of events together. Um, if if you took an event down like that yourself I like I think your head would explode. Um, it's it's really uh, an effort but it, it's totally worth it and you know the first yeah. event I think we it was incredible to see everybody there in person and I, I know Jay, you've been to events like that and just to meet everybody and, and talk to people is is really incredible.
0: It is. I mean, it, it was incredible. I can't wait for the second one. I've just popped the link into the live chat here on the side. Now, obviously, this whole show was meant to be Nicole coming on. So what I'm going to do is as soon as this ends, I'm going to go and change the description. This is going to be a James Iandoli.
1: You can special. leave me as Nicole. I wish I was Nicole. <laughs> I wish I was that good looking. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: it's all good, brother, man. Uh, you do it for me. it's. A <laughs>
1: I, it was t- uh, totally serendipitous. I, you know, I wish Nicole made it on. I was looking forward to her talk.
0: Me too, man. Me too. And I'm sure whatever happens, you know, it's all good. I, I have no no grudges for her not turning up. Life gets in the way. It's all good. We can reschedule. And, and this has turned into a fantastic conversation that I've wanted to have with you, you know, since at least last month. And that, but I, I, like I said earlier, I appreciate how busy you've been and you are, you are doing like next level work at the moment. but And one thing I will say is that work that you do still pushes me to work better myself because you were the original person that kind of pushed me to do YouTube. So that's the kind of level that I always set myself up. So, so thank you so much, dude.
1: I appreciate that. And I mean, you're, you're able to do this uh, even more consistently than me. You know, I'm kind of all over the place and I do my best, but, um, and, you know, for people watching and listening, you know, Vinny and I talked about this off the record. Um, yeah. I'm not going to blow in <laughs> No, but you know, good. I'm, I'm going to continue to be, to be, you know, hammering away at the crash retrieval issue for months to come. And, you know, James Fox has, has said that Lou told him like the Calvary is coming. Um And I, I think that the crash retrieval issue is is incredibly important right now. And I mean, I don't think that should be our only focus. And mm. you know, I think there's there's other areas of the research which are very important. But I think that we need to put pressure on the crash retrieval issue. I think it needs to be a constant theme that we that we visit and and inform people on, inform UFO Twitter, inform journalists, right? Who maybe, watching our work or seeing us on twitter seeing us on youtube because there's a lot of material there there's so much material there and you know some people that may have come on board 2017 and after may only be familiar with roswell when you know there's there's hundreds of crash retrieval cases but there's dozens of good ones right and i think that you know putting that on our priority list is, is going to be helpful, especially if we have people from legacy programs potentially going to speak with, you know, are going to have their testimony heard and hopefully acted on, um, that we have made the proper information available for those who said, "Oh, so what is it with this legacy stuff? Right. Um, well, maybe Lou can't, go into too much detail but i'm guess what i'm just a random dude uh on the internet i can say anything so i can make information available to people you know vinny you're you're um tony stark (laughs) (laughs) you can make information available to people um sure you know so that that's kind of the way it is and i think it's important that we we keep that on the forefront and not let that get buried just with a you know begging and waiting for a uap report to tell us what we already know um yeah it's going to be great if we hear about new cases and we have something new to work with and research ourselves and and find the good cases within that and promote it so that we can put that in front of the right people um you know and not not even just people in congress and the senate but like family members friends you know people in your social circles you know um but the you know the crash retrieval issue is like again it's the red line man it's the holy grail once the the pressure is applied on that from both the outside and the inside you know i'm I'm optimistic that it you
0: know it'll be taken seriously i completely agree and that's the thing with me is, you know, I do my YouTube, I do my interviews, but my research that I do is, a, is another secondary. I have, you know, people coming forward. I had a pilot I interviewed last, last week, 747 Cargo Pilot, which has led to me being contacted by other people who I can't talk about publicly yet, who may not come forward publicly. But I just want to say there are conversations happening because the momentum is snowballing yeah and so we are we are going in the right direction um and it's incredible it's so good to see and i wish the public could see the same thing that i see and that you yeah. see and and that um i just think it's going to be an interesting end to this year start of next year and i'm i'm going to keep hitting it you know full force with the avengers
1: <laughs> yeah totally man i we need to and again i, I am optimistic and uh, there, there are a lot of things and conversations going on. There's more academics coming on board, um, but it, it is going to take time. And I, yeah, yeah, of course, we all want it to happen yesterday, but that's that's just not how the reality of it works. Potentially, there are a number of things that could happen that accelerate the process—some good and some bad. You know, if, if you know if the phenomenon wanted to, it could it could end the whole charade. In in a, in a flat second, absolutely, and I, I, you know maybe that's not the best thing that could happen for us, right? Uh, and maybe that's why the phenomenon's interaction has been in the way it has this whole time. Maybe it's anticipating our our level of readiness and reaction. And and again, this is part of me being optimistic, and this is part of me having a ton of my own experiences. Um, that's how. I tend to think about it these days. Yeah, it's, it's
0: it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. We all have our individual thoughts and the way that we break it down and keep it in our in minds as we progress day by day in the subjects. But like you said, positivity does help that, even though we get these... I had it in Instagram Live earlier and people were saying, it seems like we're in a low period. I'm like, I can understand that, but, you know sometimes in the low periods it comes with a smack and we're back up into the high high and uh, you know it's who knows what can happen
1: well and 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 the whole thing is like we're you you, i don't want to say it like this but you're not going to be high forever (laughs) no no (laughs) No. no, i know what Uh, you mean exactly i mean the nature of the universe itself is is transient right um so that's that's the way of of anything there's always highs and lows whether you're talking about a football game or re you know research right like if you're talking about like even technological research right they hit walls and they're going and they finally make a breakthrough right and it's like a big event and then it there's a come down from that and there's a lull and then bam there's just like an explosion so i mean look look at the past 5 years there's we've seen the highs and the lows and we've seen you know don't expect that to stop basically we're going to yeah. see that continued uh pattern right if there's there's like a low for a few months and then something explodes and there's a media wave for like 2 or 3 months and then it lows again and then we get another amazing revelation or confirmation and then it lows and you know some people say, "Oh, it's a drip, drip disclosure," um, and I, I don't think necessarily it's, it's by design like that. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about the grander consciousness scale, okay, we can get woo and talk about that. <laughs> but and and in, in, in like the real down to earth, grounded reality approach, like, yeah, I mean, that's you know, this is the the, the way progress works
0: absolutely man absolutely we're just about the hit the hour james i think we'll we'll call it there tonight because i don't want to keep you any longer i really do appreciate it but everybody that has been watching thank you so much but please go down into the description which will change after this live stream so far in the description james's youtube channel is there along with the link to loose threads the 250 page uh, article by Omega Point and the Hermetic Penetrator. But it will, what I will add is a link to uh, James's upcoming conference a week today from New York City, where you can watch virtually as well. So all of that will be in there the inquiry into anomalous experiences and the phenomena. And I'll try and put anything else in there that I think is relevant to the conversation that we've just had. But thank you so much to everybody in the live chat. But more importantly, James, thank you so much. You really, really, uh, just filled in and made it into an explosive conversation i cannot thank you enough brother
1: that was a pleasant surprise totally serendipitous you know i just finished at the gym and uh there we have it thank you so much man always yeah it's always great coming on talking to you Vinny. and you know we're gonna have you on engaging the phenomenon again soon uh because i'm going to be doing more panels as well and and again touching on the the crash retrieval subject
0: yeah anytime you know that man but listen we carry on speaking behind the scenes as we do but for now guys i will update you if i can on what happened to nicole like i said i just hope that she was okay she will be rescheduled to come on because that conversation is going to be incredible but thank you guys for for being patient and being here and, and and having fun with us all i will be back next week with i can't even remember my own schedule Go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and you'll check it, check out saw, my schedule. Yeah, I saw you had John
1: Burroughs coming on. Sometime. John Burroughs is
0: coming on. and uh, Actually, I think I've got a week off next week and then John Burroughs is coming on to talk about Rendlesham. So, that's going to be yeah. fantastic. John,
1: yeah. so make sure to press John because John, John knows a lot.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like I've wanted to cover Rendlesham for a long time and I've never quite figured out the right guest. And here we go. Finally.
1: Honestly, and I I think that John is the best guest to talk about Rendlesham. That's my own opinion. Maybe I'm biased. I've known John for a number of years now, um, but I, I I really appreciate uh, some of his perspectives. Although he he he's John Burroughs. Go listen to some of his old school phenomenon radio interviews. I, I recommend that. But he's he's John Burroughs. So.
0: gotta love it gotta love it yeah guys thank you so much so yeah go and follow me and james on all the social medias the links are in will will be in the description in the next half an hour thank you guys so much take care enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you soon peace